Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the future video games blessing at AOA Jr. What's up, Tim? Nothing much, bless. Nothing much. Joining us today as well, the Nitro Rifle Andy Cortez. What's up, Tim? Nothing much, Andy. Nothing much at all. And rounding out the group today, the master of hype, Snow Bike Mike. Hi, Tim. Hey. Hey. How you doing? Tim, I'm not gonna lie. When you called on me, I was like in the middle of swallowing a bite of a bagel. Yeah. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't know if I was going to be prepared yet. I did not know what was about to come out of my mouth when I said, what's up to me? Yeah. <laughs> so even mustering that is like, that's a miracle. Well, I'm right proud there. of you. You did it. You, you got it through it. You pushed it through and, and you got to swallow your food. How was the bagel? It was fine. It was like, it was plain. Like it was so plain that I, I didn't even put cream cheese on there. Right. I just had the, the bagel bread. Just mm-hmm. as like, I needed, I needed something in me. We just sat down to do KPD for an hour yeah. and then, okay. and then do it, did um, opening night live for another two hours. Mm-hmm. So I, I needed something inside me desperately, Tim. You know? I remember when, that. remember when you throated that ice cream? That one time oh, you throated that thing, bro. <laughs> I thought we forgot about that. I if you couldn't tell, <laughs> we're getting that, that energy right now where we're like, we've just seen a lot. We've talked a lot. We've been on camera a lot. Now we're going to keep it rolling. Keep it going. Let's try to get the energy up, boys. Okay, let's see what we got left in the tank. What's course, up, Tim? Thank you. Thank you, Bless. Oh, wow. Thank you. This is the kind of funny games cast. Each and every week, we get together to talk about video games, all the things we love about them. And every once in a while, when there's a video game showcase, we like to do a little post-show analysis where we grade what we thought of the showcase contextually uh, within the industry of everything and the world that we now have 10 million showcases a year. Um, So what we're going to do is simple. I'm going to go around the table. I'm going to ask everybody what they would give this showcase on the kind of funny scale of one to five, one being terrible, two being bad, three being okay, four being great, and five being amazing. Um, of course, you can get the show on patreon.com slash kind of funny games that normally comes with uh, ad free. You can get the uh, the post show and all that stuff, uh, but you can get it later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast, where you can get all the latest video game reviews, including saints row that we just did last week. You can go check that out now. Um, give me one sec. Actually, I would like to give a couple shout outs here mm. to some of our Patreon producers, including Fargo, Brady, Delaney, Twining, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew. Thank all of you for your support over on Patreon. Um, Also, if you don't have a dollar to toss our way on Patreon, that's cool. If you're out on the Epic Game Store buying games using... Uh, buying stuff in Fortnite, whatever it is, use our creator code kind of funny. It helps us out and doesn't cost you anything else. Today, we're brought to you by MeUndies, but I'll tell you about that later. Want to get right into it. Andy Cortez, let's start with you. We just watched Jeff Keeley's Gamescom opening night live 2022. If I remember correctly, this would be the fourth opening night live we've ever had. 2019 was the first in-person one, the first one ever. Then we got 2020 and 2021 that were more of uh, the digital type of thing uh, without the audience. And now here we are back. Yeah, number four. What would you give 
that showcase on the kind of funny scale. I'd give it a three out of five. I think that they did a great job. I think Jeff did a great job with not spending too long with the devs. Uh, I think this presentation kind of calls for just kind of like, here's a game, here's a game, here's a game. We're going to show a bunch of ads as well because we got to pay for all this shit. Um, and yeah, I'd say that it would have been a higher score for me if they were just bigger games that I cared about. If the one more thing wasn't a game like Dead Island. Um, I think it's kind of easy to forget some of the gems that we saw throughout the show. It was a kind of a it was a very long show. And I think that's a knock uh, a bit of a knock against it. But I think the dual sense uh, edge looks freaking fantastic. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm looking down the list here. Um, Friends versus Friends. Awesome art style for a cool indie title that I'd never heard of. And those are kind of the things that I'm always most excited about, like the the unknowns, the games that I just didn't even know existed. and. Here it is, and it's an awesome, you know, art style and a cool concept. Liza P looks absolutely fantastic. Liza Minnelli is what I always think about. Um, and then uh, High on Life, bit a demo that kind of went a little bit too long, right? Um, I think that it was still a pretty strong showing in a game that, you know, I think we've all kind of been looking forward to. And Where Winds Meet is a game that just kind of really surprised me. I was not expecting a showcase for a game like that and uh the visuals look stunning and that's uh, put that one on the list tim of the one that you watch after the showcase Absolutely. in a better resolution with better bitrate yeah that looked that looked rad i have something here uh it's from a chinese game dev everstone that was uh some info that came out after the show for uh where winds meet that looks very very cool uh blessing adioye jr what would you give this showcase I'm also uh, at a three out of five. It's funny, as Andy was going down his list, I have my own list and I have games that are highlighted that specifically I'm like, oh, these are standouts. And Andy hit pretty much all the same ones, right? Like yeah. Friends versus Friends, I think looks really cool. Great taste, That's one, you know, both of us. I mean, you know, great wow. minds mm-hmm. take alike. Uh, I described that one as Neon White meets Void Bastards. I think the, the art style looks cool. The uh, gameplay lo- looks really interesting. Liza P looks dope as hell, right? And that's one that's one that we've seen before, but one that, like, so far I'm not tired of seeing. Uh, every trailer for that one has me like, oh, shit, like, I can't wait for this game to actually come out. Uh, High on Life. High on Life was one that, like, it's a game that I'm looking forward to, but this trailer both brought me up on it but then brought me down like seeing the gameplay the gameplay didn't look as fun as in dynamic as i wanted it to but it still has that justin roiland level of humor and like voice acting that had us laughing during the trailer so i think you know that still uh has some some love for me and then yeah where wins me i think looks dope as hell uh so for me i think the way that i would boil down this showcase is it feels like swimming in sevens the showcase where there's nothing that's like a banger right there's no games here where i'm like Oh shit, that's gonna be a 10 out of 10. That's gonna be a, a 9 out of 10, right? Like here and there, you, you got your Callisto protocols that look super cool. And then you have oh, like right. a couple of other games that I think look pretty cool. But this showcase was just filled with games where I'm like, oh, that seems like a, a swimming in sevens game, right? And I think that's fine. I think for me, that made for, for an okay showcase. Snowbike Mike. You know, I'm right alongside these two guys right now. I'm at a three out of five. I think this was a good uh, showcase here for the summertime. A great kickoff into Gamescom, right? When you really set yourself up. This is a Tuesday night out in Germany before we kick off the big week. And I think this is a fun way to do it. I think Jeff did a really good job. Once again, I think we learned our lesson two summers ago or last summer, really, when we had our first um, summer games fest. And we just complained about the ads last this summer. He really worked well on making the ads less or at least feel like they're kind of baked in and they're not obtrusive. 
I feel like this summer with Summer Games Fest, and especially now, the ads weren't that bad, right? We felt like we kind of went through a couple of Red Bull ads kind of stuck out, but most of the other ones were just fine with me. And I liked the flow. I think the two-hour time mark for me felt really good. It was nice to spend an evening or an afternoon really here looking at games and hanging out with friends, right? And the first hour did go by pretty quick. I think that hour to hour and a half marker is where it started to slow down a little bit and I started to look at my watch. But for two hours, I had fun. And there were some standout games to me. And I'm actually a little bit different from these guys. You can just see the uh, taste in the team and what we like, right? For me, a couple standouts so far, the Outlast Trials, of course, getting to see that and know that some of us will be able to play that early here in late October Park Beyond. You will. Right. You will. That's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, we're going to play it together. Uh, Park Beyond looks awesome, right? If you like Planet Coaster, you like those games, you're going to love Park Beyond. The Expanse with Telltale, right? Telltale, that storied team that we used to love, the name, those games that you think of, and mashing it up with The Expanse is just going to be an awesome experience for me, who's a big Expanse fan. And then I go down my other list on the other side, Under the Waves. This is that Quantic Dream published mm. game that reminded me of Subnautica, but it's going to be a little bit different than Subnautica. But exploring the oceans is always something I get excited about and I really, really like. And my final one is Moonbreaker. This is the team that made Subnautica, funny enough. They're making something different. But I think what caught my eye was the idea of painting my minifigures, right? I'm not the biggest turn-based guy. When I think of those games, I want to play XCOM because that's the game I really like the most in that genre. But the idea of painting my own minifigures and just kind of zoning out and having fun with that, I think is really, really cool. They brought up Firefly, and one other thing was their kind of inspiration, and I felt that, right? And so I had a lot of fun with those games, and some of those were my standouts, but I thought this was a good three out of five, good pacing, good games, fun afternoon slash evening. One more to throw I in there, Tim. Um, the Finals is a game that, a lot of us were like, what the fuck is that? And it was such a quick showing of it. I, I'm watching it on loop here on Twitter. And that's a game that I'm immediately like, okay, I really I'm excited for the next sort of announcement, which I think Healy said was in September-ish. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's got the style. It's using the compact, the bold, plain font. <laughs> so you know that they mean business. Hell yeah. And, uh, and it's going to be a game show first person shooter. I just kind of like the the whole vibe of that. Yeah. I do too, and I, I think that I'm. Uh, I feel like we have a unanimous decision here. I also think this was a three out of five showcase, uh, especially for for Gamescom. I think that I like to look at the context of these showcases, and I think that what Jeff has been able to do with uh, the opening night live in particular is kind of make Gamescom an exciting thing in any way. Whereas, like for decades, it wasn't unless you were there and able to play games. That was kind of like a unique thing to the thousands and thousands of people there that get to play games and that's great but from a games media uh, industry perspective there was rarely any announcements of consequence and jeff has changed that right like single-handedly there are now uh announcements being made release dates being revealed shifting around games being announced for the first time that are of bigger um impact and even some smaller things but i i like that this showcase was uh not perfect i think um far from perfect in some ways but um i think it's a step in the right direction and we talk a lot about the different levels of the showcases where like there's the nintendo direct but then there's a nintendo partner showcase and it's like you know what the difference is when they talk about that there's a state of play for playstation and then there's the playstation showcase and i feel that um summer game fest needs to be the playstation showcase and i feel like they haven't quite hit that mark yet uh, they're working towards it and i think that that's kind of um 
uh, something that they will do eventually. I think that all the cards will will align and, and they'll be able to, to play their hand perfectly. But uh, I think that this is a, a major step in the right direction for what a Gamescom event can be, something that is in between the summer season and game awards, like just kind of a update show, right? Where like, hey, let me introduce you to games like Andy say and like the finals that we're excited about next time we see it we're going to be more interested it's like oh we saw that at, at gamescom right like that's cool that we're introduced to that we get a couple surprise announcements that are genuinely cool to us like the playstation edge controller um we get looks into to games people wanted to see a bit more of gotham knights and hogwarts legacy and you know those kind of bigger titles right that like wouldn't otherwise have a place to be and i think that it's cool that now there's a place to talk about those. And sure, that's not going to be the most exciting thing ever. And there's going to be a lot of reveals for things of like, hey, that team that you heard of from that worked on these other games that put out a logo for their studio. Well, now they have a small CG trailer for a game that might come out in a couple of years like that. There needs to be a place for those things. And I think that this is a good place for that. Bless. Yeah, Tim, I, I mean, I think you absolutely nail it, right? Like, as we we're going through the showcase, I had similar thoughts in terms of, wow, last year, the big headliner for uh, uh, opening night live was Saints Row, right? And this year, the big headliner, the big the big closer is Dead Island 2. And you go through the list and it's like, yeah, you're not getting the PlayStation showcase level of, like, polish and big AAA video games being shown. But I do think that Summer Game or uh, Opening Night Live does occupy that exact place that you're talking about, where it is kind of a dip. Right, right before the showcase, you know, Mike was asking me like, "Yo, when is it that we that we we feel the same way about Opening Night Live that we feel about Summer Game Fest in terms of hype and excitement?" Right, and on one hand, I'm like, I don't know if we can, I don't know if that's the purpose, but on uh, the other hand, right, I mentioned that I think this might be the one, and for me, this is the one where I think they really lived up to the potential of being that place where, in the way that in E3's past, you would have the PlayStation Showcase, you would have the Xbox Showcase, you would have a billion different showcases and that would encompass everything from the triple a to the to the double a right and you would have uh announcements like i don't know looking at the list moving out too that might randomly show up in an xbox thing right or uh high on life i guess high on life technically did show up at an xbox thing right but like where wins meet maybe that could show up at a playstation showcase i feel like as we've gone and as e3 has become more and more low-key and as it's slowly dying Jeff has done a good job of finding those replacement events where Game Awards has always kind of been Game Awards, right? But we're seeing bigger and bigger announcements happen there. Summer Game Fest feels like it's growing in terms of the big announcements that happened there, right? Last year, we got uh, Elden Ring along with the release date for that. And we've been seeing, you know, games like Tiny Tina and some of those bigger titles appear there. Opening Night Live feels like the last bastion of, okay, we have a bunch of games with nowhere to go, right? Where do we put, like, all the, the exciting, uh, quote-unquote, like, exciting AA games that could appeal to some people, might not appeal to others, right? Like, where do we put the Sonic Frontiers of the world or the, the new Tales from the Borderlands of the world, right? Or the even the Callisto Protocol or something like the Lords of the Fallen, which I remember hearing about Lords of the Fallen. I knew that was a game before. I knew, I think I know a couple of people that played it, but that's not something I would ever anticipate at a big showcase. It showing up here and it looking fantastic, I think does a lot for that game and does a lot for this, what this showcase is as a, hey, we got two hours, we're hanging out, and we're going through just a bunch of announcements from Dying Light 2 DLC to the re-reveal of Liza P to Atlas Fallen and a bunch of other stuff that you may or may not care about, right? And I think for what the showcase is, I think it really does work. And it does lend to us all being like, eh, it's a three out of five time, you know, it's okay. But I think in this case, okay is fine, right? Like, okay is good. I don't think Jeff Keighley is aiming to, to knock this out of the park necessarily. I, I also, yeah, I want to also shout out, um, I thought Hogwarts Legacy looked great as well. 
Um, that that was one earlier on the show that I I had just skipped by. Um, and to kind of further your point, bless. Yeah, I think that Gamescom can eventually maybe get to a place where whatever is revealed in maybe a title treatment or a CG trailer at E3, maybe Gamescom can become the gameplay. Here's the gameplay thing. Hey, mm. you saw this back at Summer Games Fest. We showed you a snippet of uh, of a character with the title screen or whatever and the logo. Now we're going to, you know, like like Tim was mentioning earlier, it's like an update show. Hey, remember that show, that game we saw during the summer? Now let's kind of, you know, have a little follow up here and see exactly what that game's all about. Yeah, Jeff is also in a really interesting predicament here. When you look at his three showcases, showcases that he does, they're all on the back half of the year and they're within like six months of each other, right? So we're just coming hot off of E3 and Summer Games Fest, right? What is there really to show here? Sure, of course, Game Awards is an award show, but like it's only been less than three months. It's almost been two and a half months since we did Summer Games Fest. What is he really bringing to the table that can wow us each and every year? And that's my worry when I look at this, right? It's like he's just doing so much so close together here. And what is going to be the wowing thing after we just came off of the summer hype of E3 and Summer Games Fest? How do you do this? How do you make me care about this two and a half months later, right? And we saw it here and we talked about it this whole year, right? Of COVID playing a factor on certain games and publishers and developers and having to push those back. And they kind of be a scrappy year of a lot of indies and not a lot of AAAs. Maybe the next year we can bring the hype and the energy with some big titles and those publishers and developers can deliver for Jeff. But I think this year's a tough one for him when you look at it going, man, you just did this three months ago and we didn't have that much already. You kind of put it together here. Dead Island 2 being the closer is tough for me to be like, this was wild and crazy. But, you know, he did it. And I thought the show itself looked good and ran well, which was. Yeah, I think Dead Island 2 being the, the show closer is is what this show is, you know, and I feel like and that's why I'm I'm higher on it than I, I potentially would be if I was judging this as like, like if this was it. a Game Awards or something. Yeah, if this was a Game Awards, it, I'd, I'd think it was it was bad. And um, if yeah. it was SGF, I would think it's bad. But it, it being what this is, I, I think that there's a, a lane for it. And yeah, you know, two hours is tiring. Like it definitely it was it was it was a uh, kind of rough to get through towards the end. But I will say like they did a good job of trying to keep our interest even with the things not that weren't that interesting like it starts to feel samey after a while of like so much cg stuff that like we're questioning like what it actually is and all of that like i feel like uh for for better or worse and this is kind of a point mike was making um I know that these things are just all ads at the end of the day, whether you like the ads or don't like the ads is like kind of how you're grading it. But it, this one felt like there wasn't so much of a break unless there was the Red Bull thing of like, oh, this is clearly the commercials. And like there was a couple times where I was like, wait, oh, this is a reveal. You know, like mm-hmm. I went to the bathroom and I came back. It was the Destiny thing. And I was like, oh, this actually looks kind of dope thinking it was an ad. You know, but it was like, oh, no, that this is the destiny segment. Right. Like and I get that that's kind of uh, in between her. But um, I thought that the the pacing of this and the way they presented it was, again, a step in the right direction. They're still working on it. And I think that you can clearly see the lines from the last four of these events, the Summer Games Fest and the Game Awards. Like they're they're trying to work with what they got and with the industry where it is, uh, which is in some ways more vibrant than ever, in some ways, you know, kind of inconsistent and 
uh, plans are just going changing every single day. I, I think that it, we're, we're moving in a good in a good place, and I, I'm excited for that because I, I this was better than I thought it could be. Not as good as I, I would wish it would be. Of course, I wish every single thing we get's a five out of five, but I don't think you could. I mean, you can't do that. You just you simply can't. And we get so kind of used to seeing things and expecting so much that like when you look at this list of games, it's like there's a lot of substantial stuff here. There's a lot of like not substantial stuff, but mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah. you know, we can't expect God of War three announced at every single thing. Andy. Uh, yeah. And I think as the, uh, as the industry continues to kind of become a bit more and more normalized and, and workflows and pipelines start to get a little bit more figured out um, towards the end of this sort of COVID thing we've been dealing with. I think a lot of these presentations will become better, but like Tim, what do you, what do you want to see from next year's ONL? And yes, I'm calling it ONL because Jeff Keeley made it a thing. He, he keeps oh, trying wow. to make it a That's thing. Because cool. like, we had SGF in the summer. Now we got ONL right now, bless. You know? I like SGF better. He I don't know about ONL. He calls it ONL. ONL. I like that. Yeah, but uh, he, he's, he's trying to make ONL happen, though. You know? ONL, dude. I'm saying it. I'm, it I'm, I'm along. tongue like SGF. I'm it's on not, board. It's not streets ahead, Barrett. You know? Yeah. It's no dead coast. Oh, Dead wow. Coast would have been a great <laughs> name. You, All right, buddy. Dead Coast would be a fire name for Dead Island because they're not on an island; they're on a coast. Oh man, you know what? We'll, we'll get to a lot more of this, but real quick, let's take a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I love Me Undies. It is very rare, if ever, that you'll see me not wearing Me Undies head to toe. I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. I'm wearing the Me Undies lounge shorts. I'm wearing the Me Undies socks. I'm wearing the Me Undies undies. Of course I am. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes. But did you know that they make other stuff too? They have daily tees, shorts, rompers that add a little silky softness to your everyday. They even make hoodies for your dog. You know that Toretto and Moose be rocking those as well. MeUndies is your destination for all things soft and sustainable. For any first-time purchasers, you get 20% off plus free shipping and returns. To get 20% off your first order, free shipping, and 100% satisfaction guarantee, go to MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. That's MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. You're not going to regret it. You're going to love MeUndies just like I do. MeUndies.com slash kindoffunny. Uh, so I want to talk about like what we would hope for in the future for for this. But Mike, you had your hand raised a second ago, and I went to oh. Andy. Do you have something yeah, to say about? No, I was just you know I was agreeing with you, Tim, and I was also just kind of putting my sh- myself in the shoes of me not being in the industry or keeping up with it daily, and just thinking this is really special. This is something that is good, right? I walked away if I was working my nine to five job and I wasn't keeping up with the IGNs and the kind of funnies of the world every single day. This is a dope show. Think of the presentation that Jeff puts on. In two hours, if you came home and you were able to watch this, you would be filled in on cool new games. You'd get excited at the end of the summer. Like, I think for the casual audience, this is a great show and a lot of fun to watch and enjoy. For what? us, it's different because we're in it every single day, right? Yeah, and I, I do wish that the pacing was a little bit better, uh, especially for us who who do keep up with it every single day. There are quite a few trailers. There were a lot of trailers, actually, that were just pure CGI trailers. Uh, or they will start off with a lot of CGI and then transition to a little bit of gameplay. And when you have uh, have enough of those, I think it bogs down the entire experience because it is you're watching some cool ass CG spit CG shit in space, and it goes from that to oh, it's a farming simulator, and you're like oh, all right, cool, I didn't expect that, right? Or you go from like a big fantasy thing to 
oh, it's a top-down strategy game. And of course, like I think those games look fine. I think those games are going to speak to certain audiences. But it's a lot, and I won't call it bait and switch because I don't, don't think they're trying to bait and switch. But as an audience member, member watching it, it kind of has some of that energy of, oh, this looks cool. What is it? Oh, it's a genre that I don't care about, or it's a game I never heard about, or it's a you know thing that might not interest me when you actually get to the gameplay. I do wish that there was a bit more focus on, hey, the games that are coming out in the next six to 12 months we have we have gameplay and we're going to lead with gameplay and for the stuff that is cg unless it's something big like uh dune awakening i understand i forgot we saw dune <laughs> yeah like for dune i understand that being a okay this is a cg trailer and that's all we have and we're going to spend time with it because it's literally dune right and it's an open world survival mmo that's a big announcement but for stuff that's a little bit more smaller i don't know if we need to uh, hang out with a lot of uh, CG, um, you know, cutscene imagery, right? I'd, I'd say, you know, cut past that or have the CG be tight and short. We don't need all that. Yeah, it's rough. I, I feel like I'm I'm torn on this because I, I feel like, uh, Mike, I, I disagree with you a bit about it where I don't think this is for casuals. I think that this is a show that is designed for the us's of the world that like kind of get it, kind of understand that Dead Island 2 coming back is a big deal and like being able to get, the references get the kojima making a podcast means something uh and unfortunately you know there's a lot of like advertisements and things that to pay the bills to make it happen so even though it's for us it's also giving us a lot of things that we go like oh i don't want this i don't want this you know but like i don't think there's a way around that like this show wouldn't exist if those things didn't happen and it's I think uh, to Andy's question of like, what do I want to see? It's like, I just want to see this refined more. Like, I just want to see this, like get even more and more refined. Like, Tight. I don't think the answer yeah. is gameplay of everything. I think that uh, I would much rather see a quick in and out CG trailer for a bunch of games instead of having to see their, their gameplay uh, unless they are Callisto protocol, unless they are high on life. Like, I think that this did a fairly good job of focusing gameplay in the right times because gameplay can bog down the pacing of these things and it often does uh think back to getting call of duty every single year at e3 during like the the xbox showcase and it was just like we get it you know some of these things can go on a little too long and at the end of the day we all need to realize different strokes for different folks people are looking for different mm -hmm. things here so it's like um i don't th think that um I try to look at these showcases and I try to grade them uh, on like what they were intending to do, what, how the expectations were set for them, the and like the level of surprises, the level of like deliverance of what they they did that we expect to see from these things. And I think with that, they kind of delivered for the most part in terms of like giving us release dates we're looking for. Again, genuine surprises here. I want to see that next year amped up a little bit more i would like a couple more things as exciting as the playstation controller and i know some people will be like it's a fucking controller it's like no that means a big that's a big deal like that's oh, yeah. something that we've been looking forward to we thought would never happen so getting it here no one rumored that no one was talking yeah, about that awesome. like that's really damn cool um so i i want to see more of that i think that again the more power jeff has the more people that buy into this the better the shows are going to be and we'll get more things ranging from return to monkey island all the way up to you know um callista protocol everything in between and the surprising things or the, not the surprising the things we don't know about surrounding it they're going to be there forever until they don't need to be because the things that pay for it are the bigger deal things but that only happens if the industry buys in and i think one reason why i am so high on this showcase is that there weren't at least on my twitter timeline a whole lot of probable maybe rumors and leaks and this like i didn't have my expectations set super high for this anyway so i didn't go into this expecting to see 
uh, a silk song or, you know, that, that type of that caliber of title. I think we saw a lot of awesome games that didn't necessarily, um, you know, blow anybody away, but there was a lot of really good titles that I think still make a really good showcase. And if it was, and if this were at E3, um, amongst all of the other sort of showcases, the future game show, the PC game show, all those sorts of uh, showcases that happen, I think this would have been one of the better sort of showcases just based on the caliber of games that we did see. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. Tighten it up a little bit, cut it down by 30, 45 minutes. And I think it'd be a solid, damn good show. A solid hour, 15 minutes, especially Mike, you were saying of like this being two and a half months after Summer Game Fest. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say like never expect anything big from Gamescom because it's always so close to the actual big, more relevant sum, a summer showcase. And then a few months away from Game Awards, Gamescom always feels like a weird place for big announcements like that. And that's why I always mm-hmm. have like this weird thing with opening night live the last couple of years of like, all right, what do you do with this show? Definitely don't make it two hours that's something that i think we've learned the last couple of years but uh, yeah i think it i think it would benefit benefit it greatly to cutting it to like an hour yeah you know? i mean i think even an hour and a half would, would do a, would do a lot for it but i for me i didn't really feel the two hours that hard uh and like com- compared to other showcases that we've done that had been two hours i know there are others where i've been like oh this is still going oh we're still here I didn't really have that here, and I think that comes back to a little bit of why I'm feeling a little bit more high on this showcase. Uh, as I look through all the notes that I took of all the announcements, th- my thing is this looks like a Fire KFGD episode, right? Like, I the, not, the announcements we got, right, if I go down the list, you know, everywhere, sure, why not? That looks like an interesting, weird metaverse thing. Dune Awakening, that's a cool announcement, right? That being an open-world survival MMO. The DualSense thing, dope. Callisto Protocol, getting a muta- having a mutation system, right? I think that's a cool thing co- uh, cool thing to dig into. Lords of the Fallen, I'm sure that audience is probably going crazy. And even, even if not, you're not in the audience, I think us watching it, we're like, Oh, that looks really cool, right? Or like, at least the usage of music in that trailer was extremely cool, and the way that they transitioned from the licensed song into like the the, uh, the cool orchestration in the back. Uh, Tortuga, Tortuga. But <laughs> 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 well, you know, uh, continuing going down the list, you know, moving out too. That got Mike hype. That got me a yeah. bit excited. Hogwarts Legacy. There are quite a few people people in mm-hmm. chat that are popping off for that. New Tales in the Borderlands. I'm really curious about that. I think that trailer was a pretty good trailer for a game that I'm a bit nervous about. Dying Light 2 DLC looks interesting. Looks looks cool. Sonic Frontiers. You know, me and Tim are gonna play that game. It comes out this day before God of War. Why not? And you know, real talk. A lot of people are gonna play that game. Like jokes yeah. oh, aside, yeah. like this game is gonna sell so so well despite its release date. It doesn't fucking matter. And the, the the headlines that I that I think you pull from this um uh, this showcase are good enough like i think there's a lot of good headlines here and for me that is what makes a decent to good showcase if we come away from uh, from it or we we go onto twitter and see ign people hyping it right not hyping it but like people in the chat reacting to the announcements because they are speaking to different people right think about how many people are going to be talking about uh you know liza p or even the uh word song weird song we song we never figured that out <laughs> that is coming from developers from i was that the one that, that they were like oh yeah fallout uh outer worlds all these yeah. rpg people are working right. on it that's gonna have a, that's gonna have a lot of people talking, right? That's gonna have a lot of people interested in what it is, even though I don't think they showed it that well. Um, so for me, I think the headlines are good enough out of this to make it a thing worth doing, right? Like I I would be sadder if this Gamescom was skipped. I guess is what I'm saying. Like I'm I'm, gl- I'm glad they did it. I'm glad it, it panned out the way it was. I think it could be way better. I think you know the the ceiling is way higher than 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 what they hit. Um, but like you know, looking at this, even the Kojima podcast, I'm like, oh, that's for me. I'm gonna listen to that shit. Totally. <laughs> 
the Eddie, Pokemon car. Um, I'm going to drive that shit. Rem- remove Friday the 13th devs from the killer clowns from outer space as like, imagine you didn't know that. Doesn't Greg Miller seem like such a killer clowns from out of space so, fan? Like, oh, so yeah, gr- su- such a grimy, like, wrestling fan into killer. Like, that's what Greg Miller is to me. And I feel like if he were here, he'd pop for that game. Yeah. Oh, oh for, for sure. sure. Absolutely. I, I do want to go back to talking about the pacing. Cause again, I think sometimes people hear pacing and they think that if something isn't like entertaining every single second, that it has bad pacing. But I think that this show is demonstrably better paced than um almost any jeff show that he's had so far because i feel like uh, a problem in the past jeff shows are pretty much like very top heavy where there's always this moment mm. of like yeah. the first 30 minutes we're like oh shit oh shit yo this is actually a great showcase and then we get like an hour and a half of just like oh damn there's nothing interesting and there is no one more yeah. moment <laughs> at least this had a one more moment and again dead island 2 uh, not something that we are all like holy shit about but i mean there is industry relevance to it and it that is like a it's it's newsworthy like that would be a headline on right. uh games daily right that oh dead island 2 uh, is announced like that's big enough news that it's, it's it, a gamescom level one more thing 100 yeah and I, I think that that is an it's an important thing but at least we had that we haven't had a gamescom level one more thing at the previous opening night lives so yeah and when I was going to say to me, yeah, when we compare to other Keeley showcases, the amount of times we've been like, wow, what a great showcase. If only this third game would have been the last Mm -hmm. thing they showed, or if only this fifth game would have been towards the end, because, yeah, they do get kind of top heavy. But I also think that's just a product of them being so long. Like, I don't know if you should have the ability to have like a top or a middle or a heavy or a bottom heavy sort of showcase because i think that's a product of it being a two hour long show Mm. that you have you're gonna have these lulls you know what if there weren't the lulls you know or what if they were you know what if they were you know brought down 22 you know because it's like if there if there weren't the lulls there'd be no show because the lulls pay for the show and that sucks that's just like it's the sheer reality of it man and like even then the two hour showcase it's like yeah we're we're complaining about it and look i'm complaining about it too like i want to clear i don't like that i wish that wasn't the case it's just there has to be a level of understanding of i would rather this happen than not happen and it's for the people in the room as well there are thousands of people at gamescom and there's the awards and this is it's not an american-based thing like this is the the amount of non-american devs being featured here like that is such a unique thing that we mm-hmm. don't see much, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the European side of things. So it's like there's a lot of elements that I think we need to keep in context for what this is. And again, does that make it my favorite thing? No, I didn't give it a five. I didn't even give it a four. I'm giving it a three because it was OK. Go. For How much plus. money is Homeworld 3 throwing at Jeff? Whew. Because like they just got funds, don't they, they? They got that. They got that Saudi money. They have to, right? Like, <laughs> like they got. Yeah, they're whoever is funding Homeworld three. Like, maybe maybe don't fund them that much. Like, I don't know if Homeworld three <laughs> needs that kind of budget, right? I feel like they got more budget than like some AAA games out here with the marketing. Um, but yeah, I do. I I wish there were less of those. And I and I and to Tim's point, I understand why there why uh, there are those because they do help fund the whole project, but. I think those are where we really f- feel the the lulls, right? When the ads come in, that's where that's where we really feel feel the lulls. And like you know, I enjoyed Melly, but 
I don't know if Melly Melly's segment was needed here with the awards because the awards very obviously weren't for the audience watching, therefore the audience on the show floor. And like for us, that didn't make sense, right? It's like why is Liza P getting uh, nominated for most anticipated PlayStation game, right? <laughs> like uh, is it what is it at the show floor? Like it's on game, what, it's on Game Pass. Why is it not nominated for Xbox? There's so many questions there that for us as the viewers are left unanswered that I'm sure maybe makes sense to the Gamescom people, but. I feel like stuff like that could be chopped or edited and, and help bring down a lot a lot of those little moments. I do also just really want to shout out the quality of Lies of P. When we were doing during our ad break, I I I continue to kind of be blown away by the visual quality of it. And I know that I shouldn't be surprised by it anymore because I think we've seen enough of it to know that this is the game and this isn't me being fooled by maybe like a an extreme vertical slice. Um, and all these environments look really, really damn good. And just the quality of it looks insanely triple A and like, like them or not souls games are here to stay. It's, it's the battle Royale for the single player thing. Now, like you're going to see a million devs making souls like games because they are so popular. Um, and unfortunately a lot of them are pretty middling right a lot of them are going to be six out of tens and they're not going to be the the most uh crazy good experiences but i think this one looks like it can finally be one to break the mold and say hey there's a smaller dev out there making a souls like game uh and it isn't you know it isn't neo or it isn't one of those uh higher caliber devs but this is actually want to keep an eye on because it does look promising and, and really that, enough i'm engaged from like the plot perspective i'm like oh mm -hmm. shit they're adapting pinocchio seeing Ge seeing geppetto in the trailer hearing uh what's his name uh little guy cricket, Jimmy cricket? yeah Jimmy Jimmy cricket. Cricket. <laughs> yeah hearing hearing his voice i'm like oh i'm actually kind of curious on what is that was going a weirdly get hype moment of them confirming <laughs> yeah it really was <laughs> the chat pop like, let's go oh, Jimmy cricket! <laughs> <laughs> um, I, Andy, to your point, we, we talk about this a lot, right, when we, we talk about showcases, specifically things like State of Play or Nintendo Direct sometimes, where, um, you know, we're, we're there for the big ones. We're there for the Insomniac games and Naughty Dog and Nintendo EAD and, like, the, the big hitters, right? But in order to have those, you need to have these smaller announcements and well-placed smaller titles, whether they're indie games or uh, just smaller games. Like, they can kind of, like, really kind of feed off the energy of it and become talked about titles that actually mean something. And I think in this, we had a couple of them with friends versus friends with, um, uh, life of pie or Liza pie, uh, P lies <laughs> of P lies of P. Um, but the problem is there's so many of those games in this that it does start to feel like noise. And I think that that is the, the thing that I, I don't know that there's a good solution for just because of the realities. But like, I do think that making the showcase better just in terms of, what it's actually setting out to do if you didn't need to worry about money you didn't need to worry about all those x factors like yeah it would have been a lot cooler to have you know hogwarts legacy gotham knights um the close to protocol and life of p like all kind of just next to each other Lies then, of p god damn it fucking <laughs> hell you did this to him. You started that. You just, started say that Vanelli. just say Liza Vanelli. Just say Liza Vanelli. Liza Vanelli, man. Jesus Christ. Uh, but you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Michael, Michael R. O'Leary in chat says, I know I'm annoying with this stuff, but it's not Jiminy Cricket. Jiminy is a Disney copyright. It's an unnamed cricket in the original story. <laughs> I love that. Jeffrey Thank you so cricket. much, Michael O'Leary. <laughs> Jeffrey Cricket. Uh, Thanks for clearing up that uh, copyright law for us, you, Michael R. O'Leary. Always there can't for us. I can't wait for Life of Pi. Yeah, I can't wait for this dual sense edge, bro. For real, like, I no. here's here's the thing, man. I, I know that, that for a while there, 
I think Sony still has a lot of things that they need to fix when it comes to being more accessible to the gamer, right? We always applaud Xbox for just how user-friendly things are whenever you're, and it's mostly just transporting saves, let's be honest. Like, we always hear about the issues and struggles people have when it's, I got to delete that version. I got to get the PS5 version and the save. I got to, like, it becomes a whole thing, right? And I feel like they're kind of turning the corner where, hey, we're putting our games on PC and we're going to be coming out with a PC launcher and we're coming out with an an Elite-style controller. I feel like they're finally kind of riding the ship in a way where under, you know, I'd say like a year and a half ago, I would have said, man, this leadership, I don't know if they kind of, I felt like every day on Games Daily, there was a story about how leadership just didn't get it and leadership was fucking things up and making the wrong decisions. But now I feel like we're finally, we're, we're kind of like, course correcting a bit and we're making the right decisions and and i hope to kind of see those decisions keep on being made in the future yeah so uh the playstation blog has a little more info on the the playstation dual sense edge wireless controller um not too much though but it's you know everything you kind of expect from what we saw in the teaser of ultra customizable controls ability to save multiple control profiles on controller user interface that has a dedicated function button that allows you to easily uh, adjust your setup while staying focused on the in-game action quickly being able to swap between preset control profiles three types of swappable stick caps standard high dome and low dome um two swappable sets of back buttons half dome and lever uh can be configured to any other button input putting more essential controls at your fingertips uh built-in wireless controller features uh retain the signature comfort and immersive experience of the dual sense and some other stuff uh but i was tim when you pull a bow for a bow and arrow will it feel like a bow probably not on the back thing but oh, on the shit, trigger still yeah i yeah, would okay. um uh, maybe I, I don't know um but there was a, a thing going around twitter i saw that it, it people are guessing that this game is going to come out in or that the controller is going to come out in november uh aligning with uh ragnarok because here there's a quote saying whether you're facing norse gods and monsters in god of war ragnarok or rival players in mm. online battle royale if you're going to drop that they you know probably would want to time it around it so set the, yeah, set the dodge button uh, to your back right button. Little. We'll see. We'll see once we get it in hands. I'm I'm a big me and Andy. I know hype up the elite controller a lot, and everybody at kind of funny really likes that. We'll see. I, you got to have hands on the controller, but I don't like the look of these back buttons at this time right now. I think Xbox really found the way to have those back buttons kind of on the handle grips, as opposed to if you've ever used the Scuff Vantage controller, those back buttons were on like the ba- bottom middle. And that one just never felt as comfortable and as easy to grip and get a hold of those back buttons as opposed to the Xbox Elite controller. So I am hoping that they that it's not like that, because if it is, it just doesn't feel as good as getting them on the back handles itself. So we'll see. I'm hoping for uh, some some color customization eventually. Right. Like uh, this is opening the door for design lab. I mean, labs. And and that's where and that's kind of what I mean by like the course correction type mm-hmm. stuff. Like don't be don't be so afraid of what Xbox is doing. Don't be afraid to emulate it. Like uh, understand and 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 I feel like leadership in the past may not have admitted that Xbox is ever doing anything good. Like that just always kind of in the same way that Greg talks about how IGN employees were like they would never talk to GameSpot employees because it was like it's such war. a rivalry there. Yeah, I feel like at this point. Let's let's try to adopt some of these uh, products that Microsoft is doing over there, because a lot of them are very not only user friendly, but just like I love customizing controllers and I love Mm -hmm. having a 
the design lab and everybody wants that everybody wants their own colors on their dual sense controller it just makes sense mm-hmm. i know we're talking a lot about uh god of war sonic frontiers and uh skull and bones as being like you know the big trio that is going to shut down november right <laughs> these games coming out on the, on the, in the same two-day radius is gonna three. break everybody Dwayne uh, wade chris bosh and lebron james <laughs> yeah exactly that's what they call them that's what they, which one is lebron james probably sonic uh yeah. you know don't don't underrate uh october 21st because as of this showcase on october 21st you're getting new tales from the borderlands scorn and gotham knights so look out there everybody, we go all right look out everybody oh scorn is the real wet one right a lot of yeah, wet that's stuff. the wet so, and juicy nice real wet and juicy that's gonna sound real here. good with like 3d headset you know how life was supposed to come out that same day too but it got delayed Seven. Yeah. mike any closing thoughts on this no, I had a good time. It was a really fun time to spend it together with the kind of funny family, you guys in the chat, and I'm sure around the globe, people enjoyed gathering around and just having some fun. I think Jeff Keeley did it again. Another fun showcase to enjoy the summer with. Just bring us together talking about games. I'm very happy with what I saw. Cuzzy uh, P saying that Sonic is 2011 LeBron when he got locked up by J.J. Barea is such a joke for like 12 people. But I was going to say, you're saying that, that like I understand it. what any of those words mean. <laughs> uh, to end this, though, you know, I was I'm in a real a real mood for a specific reason based on what we saw. So I want to I want to sit here and share this with you guys. That's, that's the 2014 game of the year. You're talking about IGN. game of the year, right? You're talking about Ugh, an experience that changed the industry when you talk about story and scope and gameplay that is goat simulator <laughs> <laughs> wait is this genuine no <laughs> okay oh there's tim with the impact font <laughs> <laughs> what is a goat i mean it's kind of like a dog it's not a dog though <laughs> Did Nick help write that? <laughs> God, Mike, doesn't this when take I think you back? about goats? This is gonna be a great. God, time. I hate him. The goat. He looks exactly the same. Is really an analogy for life. You know, just trying to keep all four legs on the ground at the same time. It's powerful. 2014 was a rough year for me. I want to uppercut uh, him into I saw space. My father I hate him so die much. in front of me. And, of course, I retreated to video games, and I needed an experience so Excuse rich me? that I could get lost in it and just forget about my problems. In Goat Simulator, you know, there was no Medicaid to worry about. There were no hospitals and waiting rooms I had to go sit in. There was just the driving goal of when am I going to get my next bale of hay. Can a game about goats win IGN's Game of the Year? Well, goats eat cans. So a goat can do anything. <laughs> goats have four feet. But no hands. I think deep inside we're all like that was goats. That's a great joke, Altana. <laughs> all goats can make cheese. Goats. Oh my God, Baba. Goats. Goats. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it, dude. <laughs> it's very good. It's very For good. For years, we would walk around and just be like, goats. <laughs> goats. <laughs> I love it, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with us all day today. Bless you and I can finally get off camera for the oh last eight hours. Uh, but thank you all for hanging out with us. This has been an absolute blast. We have a whole bunch of showcases coming up the next couple months. We have the D23 Game Showcase, the Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm Movie Showcase, Ubisoft Forward. Um, I'm sure there'll be others as well. But we'll be reacting to all of those. And 
the Game Awards in December, uh, which has a date now. So that's fun. It's December 8th, I want to say it was. Yep. Sounds right. Um, so yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for hanging out. Thank you for chilling. Till next time. Love you all. Goodbye.